0: So let's pray, and we'll get started. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time in your word, Lord, and I just pray that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me the gift of teaching. Uh, Bless us all, Lord, that we have ears to hear what you want to speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Democratic Senate candidate in North Carolina confirms romantic texts with woman who is not his wife. How many times do we hear that or read such things in the world we live in? It's rampant, and the phone, the internet, has made so many things such, so much more accessible than before, without even a thought. Solomon focused on the immoral woman because he wrote this to his son, and sensed this was his greatest and closest moral danger. In other circumstances, he might have warned against an immoral man. And the principles of seduction that he warned can freely apply to women or men. So we know it can go both ways. But we as women will see how we can apply these chapters to our lives or help someone stay the course. So our topic, the immoral woman, it sounds very strong, very in your face, doesn't it? And maybe you didn't even want to come. I read these chapters over and over and I knew you couldn't skirt... The issues at hand, we have to address these verses. So, this is a lot to cover, and it was quite overwhelming to prepare for. And I know this is a tough topic. I know some may need forgiveness for past choices and to take hold of that. Some need to be stopped in their tracks, and you always feel like, oh, I'm just preaching to the choir, but we've always been surprised at how somebody might need it. And some of us need to ponder the path of our feet. For the future as we always should do so please turn to proverbs 5 our lesson today is in 5 and 7 and we also study potiphar's wife in genesis 39 so as we have studied proverbs we have learned that wisdom protects our path that we need to incline our ear to wisdom that wisdom directs our path and our last study We studied that we need to ponder the path of our feet. This now takes us into these next chapters, which will show us we have responsibility in our choices. Kim said to us last time some key things that I want to reiterate as we move into this lesson. Keep wisdom daily. Love and pursuit of wisdom is rewarded. The Lord gives us opportunities to obey him. We are to make a well-worn, godly path, and the warning she gave us: any of us can fall into folly. She gave us many verses, but the one that stood out to me as we enter these chapters is 1 Corinthians 6:19 and 20. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own, for you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. And some of you have heard me share this before, um, that I gave this verse to a gal over 10 years ago who was contemplating divorce, packing up her home to fly across the country to be with her high school sweetheart, leaving her husband and children behind. And I spoke with her this past week. I actually called her. My husband was shocked. I was like, so how's it going? It's been a long time. I didn't know if she was following the Lord or not. But I called to ask her to share her heart to all of you on the things that she has learned. And she did call me back, but unfortunately her choices did not end quickly. And she has many regrets. So more personal than Potiphar's wife, who I never knew, is this woman in my life. And I'm going to use her throughout this study as an example for us all. And you will discuss Potiphar's wife in your groups. So in these chapters, each of the warnings against adultery is prefaced by strong encouragement and counsel to pay attention to the word of God. This is key in our lives as believers. The word of God can keep you from sin, and sin can keep you from the word of God. It's our choice. And let's remember as we go through, our choices can be the way of the foolish or the way of the wise. And that's what we've been studying all along. So immoral, when I looked it up, it's an adjective. It means violating moral principles. And for us, it is not conforming to the patterns of conduct according to the word of God. In the Old Testament, in Hebrew, it means to turn aside, especially for lodging. So to be a foreigner, strange, profane, specifically as an active verb to commit adultery, The woman was a stranger, one who came from the outside of Israel, and she was generally a Gentile and a prostitute. So that's the history on that. Synonyms for immoral are bad, dark, evil, rotten, sinful, unethical, unlawful, unrighteous, unsavory, vicious, vile, wicked, and wrong to name a few. The seventh commandment in Exodus 20, 14 says you shall not commit adultery. And this includes sexual sins found and prohibited elsewhere in scripture. In Leviticus 18, in Romans 1:18 through 32, in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 20, and Ephesians 5, 1 through 14. So as we go through this lesson, you may have been that immoral woman in the past, Please know that God forgives, and we want to go over this lesson with the preface of grace, 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 because we know God has given us grace. He heals, he restores the years the locusts have eaten, and that's in Joel 2.25. Lifelong consequences can and do occur, but God's grace is also evident in the believer's life. We see David and Bathsheba, we know what happened there, but we see the grace that God gave them, and he gave them a son, which was Solomon. So if you need prayer for forgiveness to, to let go of the past, see us after, or find your group leader, and don't leave here without having that comfort, knowing that you are forgiven. So there's a lot to read here, so I'm going to first read you these chapters in the New Living Translation, so you can hear it in our own language and have it fresh before you, even though this is going to take a little while. And then we're going to dissect as we go further. And the five things I want you to focus on as you hear these chapters are our mind, our words, our dress, our actions, and our outcome. So our mind, our words, our dress, our actions, and our outcome. And these go both ways, the foolish path or the wise path. So Proverbs 5, My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Listen carefully to my wise counsel. Then you will show discernment and your lips will express what you've learned. For the lips of an immoral woman are as sweet as honey and her mouth is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is as bitter as poison, as dangerous as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lead straight to the grave. For she cares nothing about the path to life. She staggers down a crooked trail and doesn't realize it. So now, my sons, listen to me. Never stray from what I am about to say. Stay away from her. Don't go near the door of her house. If you do, you will lose your honor and you will lose to merciless people all you have achieved. Strangers will consume your wealth and someone else will enjoy the fruit of your labor. In the end, you will groan in anguish when disease consumes your body. You will say how I hated discipline. If only I had not ignored all the warnings. Oh, why didn't I listen to my teachers? Why didn't I pay attention to my instructors? I have come to the brink of utter ruin, and now I must face public disgrace. Drink water from your own well. Share your love only with your wife. Why spill the water of your springs in the streets, having sex with just anyone? You should reserve it for yourselves. Never share it with strangers." Let your wife be a fountain of blessing for you. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. She is a loving dear, a graceful doe. Let her breast satisfy you always. May you always be captivated by her love. Why be captivated, my son, by an immoral woman or fondle the breast of a promiscuous woman? For the Lord sees clearly what a man does, examining every path he takes. An evil man is held captive by his own sins. They are ropes that catch and hold him. He will die for lack of self-control. He will be lost because of his great foolishness. Proverbs 7, follow my advice, my son. Always treasure my commands. Obey my commands and live. Guard my instructions as you guard your own eyes. Tie them on your fingers as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Love wisdom like a sister. Make insight a beloved member of your family. Let them protect you from an affair with an immoral woman, from listening to the flattery of a promiscuous woman. While I was at the window of my house, looking through the curtain, I saw some naive young men, and one in particular who lacked common sense. He was crossing the street near the house of an immoral woman, strolling down the path by her house. It was at twilight, in the evening, as deep darkness fell." The woman approached him, seductively dressed and sly of heart. She was the brash, rebellious type, never content to stay at home. She is often in the streets and markets, soliciting at every corner. She threw her arms around him and kissed him, and with a brazen look, she said, I've just made my peace offerings and fulfilled my vows. So she's appearing to be religious. You're the one I was looking for. I came out to find you, and here you are. My bed is spread with beautiful blankets, with colored sheets of Egyptian linen. I've perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloe, and cinnamon. Come, let us drink our fill of love until the morning. Let's enjoy each other's caresses, for my husband is not home. He's away on a long trip. He has taken a wallet full of money and with, with him and won't return until later this month. So she seduced him with her pretty speech and enticed him with her flattery. He followed her at once, like an ox going to the slaughter. He was like a stag caught in a trap, awaiting the arrow that would pierce its heart. It, he was like a bird flying into a snare, little knowing it would cost him his life. So listen to me, my sons, and pay attention to my words. Don't let your heart stray away toward her. Don't wander down her wayward path, for she has been the ruin of many, Many men have been her victims. Her house is the road to the grave. Her bedroom is the den of death. Pretty strong words, huh? Wow. So there's a lot. And as I go back to these verses, not all of them, obviously, I'm going to be using the New King James Version. So we're going to start with our minds, Proverbs 5.1. My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Lend your ear to my understanding that you may preserve discretion. And discretion is the quality of having or showing discernment or good judgment, the ability to make responsible decisions, and it begins in the mind and in the heart. Back in Proverbs 4.26, it says, Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. The wise person checks on the destination before buying a ticket. So we should look down the road. A lot of times we don't. Pondering is weighing it out beforehand. And my friend, I'm going to call her Jane Doe, (laughs) who I spoke with, was weighing it out, pondering the path of her feet. She was entertaining thoughts of adultery. And this is where it starts. She was actually discussing it with others who warned her against it, me being one of them. But God knows our thoughts, and we cannot hide them from him. But in her case, she was sharing them with others, so it was pretty bold, and was clearly warned not to move forward. Hebrews 4, 12 through 13 says, "'For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart.'" And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Proverbs 5.21 tells us the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord. Proverbs 6.20 and 21. My son, keep your your father's command and do not forsake the law of your mother. Bind them continually upon your heart. So bind them. Here it's a picture of him memorizing them in such a way that they are permanently impressed on his mental and spiritual being that prompts his every action. Proverbs 7, 1 through 3. My son, keep my words and treasure my commands within you. Keep my commands and live, and my law as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers, write them on the tablet of your heart. And we talked about this in the past. By binding them and writing them, we could say knitting them and inscribing them on our heart. It is stressed that the teachings become a part of our very nature. We must stay in the word and have the word be a part of our very nature. Being surrendered to the instruction of the Holy Spirit will keep me from foolishness. And we've talked about that before too. And this surrender is a matter of the heart. Romans 12, one through two, we're told to present our bodies a living sacrifice. We're told not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. The mind, the heart, where it all begins. Stay in the word, keep your mind stayed on him, and take every thought captive. 2 Corinthians 10.5, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And so taking our thoughts and checking them against the word of God. And I think we all know when our mind is where it doesn't belong. What we entertain, certain movies, romance novels, social media, certain websites, certain friendships. These will have a lot to do with our minds and hearts, and we can find ourselves dwelling on things we should not. Sin is progressive, and here is our starting point, our mind and our heart. Romans 13:14 says, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. So we are to guard our mind. What are those things that you're providing your mind with that are gonna take you down the wrong road? So now we're gonna go to our words. The first outward step towards immoral associations are almost always made by what is said or communicated. This speaks to the great need for men and women to guard their speech and communication with the opposite sex. And you're gonna talk a little bit about flirting in your group time. So I won't cover that, but we're going to talk about our words. Proverbs 5:26, that you may preserve discretion and your lips may keep knowledge. So here's the positive or wise thing we can do. And you can retain this knowledge because your mind has been on the things of the Lord. One thing builds on another. In contrast, we see the negative we can give out or the foolish choice that we can make in verse 3 of Proverbs 5. For the lips of an immoral woman drip honey, and her mouth is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lay hold of hell. Lest you ponder her path of life, her ways are unstable. You do not know them. And Jane Doe would tell you, you do not realize where your words will take you. And because she allowed her heart and mind, and then her words to take her down an immoral path, it became like a drug that overtook her. John eight thirty four says, Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits a sin is a slave of sin. Romans six sixteen, do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one slave whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. And so it's our choice, and we see that in the world. People are into alcohol, drugs, sex, and it becomes this drug, and that's who they obey, and it just goes from there. Or we could choose Christ. So with giving into sin, you begin to spiral down. And she began with the instant messaging, back and forth it went, even in front of her husband. She had her phone, and she was doing it right in front of her husband, she told me. So let's look a bit more at Proverbs 5, those same verses. These verses talk about the lips of an immoral woman, drip honey, and her mouth is smoother than oil. In the end, she is bitter as wormwood or poison, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her ways are unstable, you do not know them. Here's some commentators' thoughts. It is a change from honey to wormwood, from the smoothness of oil to the sharpness of a sword, from the path of life to the highway of death. Another one, the image of the two-edged sword, literally a sword with more than one mouth, signifies that an illicit sexual relationship with this woman brings pain and destruction. So her ways are unstable. The decision to entice someone else into immorality is not a decision made by a stable person who desires the best for either self or the one enticed because they're wrapped up in their sin. They don't even know what they're doing. Those led into immorality often feel they know the motives of their partner in sin, but Solomon rightly observed you do not know them. And Jane Doe would tell you the same. The lure of the greener grass was broken apart by alcohol, addictions, another divorce, all wrapped up in two people who had selfish motives. And these were her words. She said bills still needed to be paid, kids still needed to be taken care of, jobs needed to be attended to, housework is still there. It's not a fairy tale. It just doesn't, oh, wow, everything's great now because I've got someone else. It doesn't go that way. Proverbs 6.24, to keep you from the evil woman from the flattering tongue of a seductress. Proverbs 7.21, with her enticing speech, she caused him to yield. With her flattering lips, she seduced him. And flattering means insincere or excessive, a pleasing self-deception. And sometimes it's, oh, he just understands me so much more than my husband does. And it's the myth of the greener pasture. Disobedience to God's laws always brings sad consequences and the sinners eventually pay dearly for their brief moment of pleasure. And I'm sure anyone who's been down that road could tell you that. Hebrews 11, 25, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. And so there are pleasures in sin for a season, but we need to choose God over those pleasures. Our words must be guarded. So now we're going to go into our dress. And this is a hard topic as we live in a very tough culture as far as this is concerned. And this is what we as women have always before us. We have these ads that come in. um, The mommy makeover you know, and you're like, oh, I would like one of those or a Grammy makeover, you know. I'd take one of those. And then on the other side, it's get rid of the unsightly veins, you know. And then everything that's around us. And it was interesting. I went and saw the cardiologist for my regular checkup and I had my shorts on, but, you know, they'd be above my knee. And he, you know, he sees how I'm doing, but he said something about my legs. Oh, you've got such nice long legs or something like that. It was flattery because you know why? He was selling this procedure. So it was, you know, it wasn't, you know, and so it's funny. And he started talking to me about this procedure because I do have unsightly veins. (laughs) And so, um, I was like, uh, so are you telling me that if I don't get something done, I'm going to have like a blood clot or stroke? Oh no, no, no. So are you telling me that this is like a medical thing? Oh, no, no, no. I'm like, oh, so it's just cosmetic. Yeah. I'm like, thanks. I don't need any more of that stuff. I've had enough of that stuff. So. Um, but it's just interesting. you know, when, when a man says something to you, there's always something else behind it. For this guy, it was money. But anyways. Um, so our dress. So we're going to look at the, proverb, the verse here in Proverbs, and then we're going to go over just a few things. Proverbs 7, 10. And there a woman met him with the attire of a harlot and a crafty heart. So her bold attire matches her bold approach. We see her dress matches her heart, which was not kept by God in the first place. Now, this does not necessarily apply to each woman dressing inappropriately. As we know, the bar is not set very high anymore, and everybody's motivation is different. And we can get desensitized to the dress out there. We as women, we can feel we have a lot of competition out there as well. So let's just ask ourselves a few questions that can help us or someone we love. Is what I am wearing going to grab the wrong kind of attention? What's my motive for wearing what I wear? Is the newest trend modest? We are women, and I do not think we need to hide that fact. But between you and the Holy Spirit, ask those questions. Um, I went to a wedding this summer, and someone had given me a really pretty black dress to wear, and I put it on, and... um, you know, it was kind of low, but it wasn't showing anything. And so I showed a woman and I said, well, what do you think of this? And she's like, well, it's not showing anything. It's fine. So then I went to my husband and he's like, ah, uh, no. <laughs> so, you know, I, I was not feeling comfortable with it. So I just put a little, like a little tube top under it and it looked really nice. So it's just, who are you going to ask and what kind of, you know, ask your husband, ask someone who's going to give you the truth. And, um, you you know, you can get two different answers. So, and listen to the Holy Spirit because it it didn't feel right to me. Um, but young moms, you know, as they bend over and I know there are some here not, but, um, you know, pay attention. I was with a a girl not too long ago and she was, the kid was just pulling her outfit and, Everything was showing, and I was like, ah, you know, and there were men around. I wanted to go over to her and take the baby from her. I probably should have. But pay attention. And is there no difference between us and the world? That's another question. Um, we can be feminine by all means, but sexually alluring is another thing. Men have to deal with their own heart and we with ours. But in First Timothy 2.9, we are told that women should adorn themselves in modest apparel. In Titus 2, three through 5 it says the older women and that's me, I'm old now, Um, likewise, that they be irreverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, which is self-controlled and temperate, chaste, which is modest and pure, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. So let's go to actions, So we're going to talk about the positive or wise choice built upon the others we mentioned. Proverbs 5, 7 through 8, Therefore hear me now, my children, and do not depart from the words of my mouth. Remove your way far from her, and do not go near the door of her house. And so we have a choice. Where are we going to go? 2 Timothy 2.22 tells us to flee also youthful lust. And that verb is to run away or vanish. And this is what Joseph did in Genesis 39. Now we're gonna talk about the wrong action or foolish choice, which is Proverbs 7, 8, and 9. And he took the path to her house in the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night. And Proverbs 7, 22. Immediately he went after her as an ox goes to the slaughter or as a fool to the correction of the stocks. So we see walking in darkness, deliberately near the place of temptation, not allowing God's word to control his feet, his heart, or his mind. Proverbs 5.8 goes with 7.27 as a warning for our actions. 5.8 again, remove your way far from her and do not go near the door of her house. And Proverbs 7.27, her house is the way to hell, descending to the chambers of death so we see our actions follow our hearts, minds, words, and possibly our dress can obviously play a part in all of this as well. Now we're going to go to the outcome. And here's the poor outcome because of foolish choices, Proverbs 6:26, for by means of a harlot a man is reduced to a crust of bread and an adulteress will prey upon his precious life. Proverbs 6:32 through 33, whoever commits adultery with a woman lacks understanding he who does so destroys, or decays, or ruins, or wastes his own soul. Wounds and dishonor he will get, and his reproach will not be wiped away. So adultery can scar a life, a, a soul for life. Now I have another friend who I'm going to call Gindo, who has been through this in their marriage, but they have chosen the path of forgiveness and not continuing on the path of destruction. God has healed and done an incredible work. So as we have said, these Proverbs give us guidance and principles to follow, and outcomes can be different, different depending on choices. With God, there is so much grace and forgiveness available. However, Jane Doe kept going down the wrong path, and years and years of scars are left behind, whereas Jean Doe and her husband got back on the right path and back to the right choice. So it comes back to choices. Proverbs 7 9 through 12, lest you give your honor to others and your years to the cruel one, lest aliens be filled with your wealth and your labors go to the house of a foreigner, and that could be child support, and you mourn at last when your flesh and your body are consumed, and that could be venereal disease, intense grief and regret, which affects our bodies. Verse 12, and say how I have hated instruction. One great price of sexual immorality is a regret, When we see how empty the promises of sin are and how great the price for those sins are, deep sorrow and regret is a logical response. Many men and women fallen into the snares of sexual immorality have wondered, how did I ever end up here? How could I be so foolish? How could I give up so much for what amounted to so little? So continuing with verse 12 in Proverbs 7 in my heart despised correction I have not obeyed the voice of my teachers nor inclined my ear to those who instructed me I was on the verge of total ruin in the midst of the assembly and congregation So adultery can lead to alimony child support broken homes hurt jealousy lonely people and vener- venereal disease But as we said, there is forgiveness, but we truly reap what we sow, and consequences can be deeply painful, costly, and lifelong. So here's what Jane Doe had to say about her outcome. She allowed herself to go down the trail of not guarding her mind, thoughts, heart, words, dress, and then actions. She felt so defiled after her first encounter with adultery, she told me, and she knew that she had sinned against God. She said she wept. But she didn't stop. Now the enemy tells you, oh, well, look what you've done. You've got to make this work now because you've made this mess and all that. So um, the enemy wants us to justify our sin, and he's right there telling you, now you need to make this work, which takes you farther away from Christ than you'd ever thought you'd be. And that's what she said. I I was farther away than I ever thought I'd be. And here are her words, painful, ugly, ugly, Selfish, blinding, affects parents, friends, children, so many people. She now looks at her life as a very poor example to her children. These choices have gone on and off for 11 years. God God sent messengers to her, many opportunities to turn from her sin, but she did not heed. And these are her words. She said, I had so many opportunities. So many people spoke truth into my life and I pushed them away. She said, please listen to the Lord or you will have a nightmare on your hands. And she also said, God is more interested in our character than our happiness. She would tell anyone, don't go down this road. She knows her sin is cast as far as the east is from the west, Psalm 103, 12, but her scars and regrets remain. So we're going to end on a positive outcome. Warren Wiersbe said, a man and a woman pledged to each other in marriage can experience the growing satisfaction that comes with love, commitment, depth, and purity, end of quote. But it takes two dedicated to this and it can't be done with one. And if you have gone through an ugly divorce due to a husband's impure choices or maybe even your own, there's no definites here, but you can still be right with Jesus today and look at yourself and say, I'm gonna stay the course. I'm gonna stay in close connection with Jesus. That's the most important thing. Marriage is a picture of the relationship between Christ and the church in Ephesians 5. Proverbs 5, 15 through 20 tells us that we are to drink water from our own cistern and let your fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of your youth. A commentary said ancient or modern and oversexualized culture promotes the idea that sexual satisfaction is mainly a physical sensation. While only a fool would deny the physical enjoyments of sex, a more mature mind sees that intimacy, the open, unhindered revelation, reception, and sharing of oneself with another is also a great reward in a sexual relationship. When sex is reserved for the biblical boundaries of marriage over the years and decades, it says these things. I am here for you and you are here for me. I am my beloved and he is mine. I know you more than anyone else And yet I love you. You know me more than anyone else, and yet you love me. Our children and home life are protected and safe. We are not slaves to our sexual desires. We live by principles greater than our sexual impulses. We will remain together in support of each each other as we grow old. And as we have said all along in Proverbs, these are truths we can apply to our lives, but the free will of others can change our outcome, unfortunately. So the most important thing is for us personally, each and every one of us is to stay close to Jesus. And I'm gonna end with Romans 13 eight through nine. Oh, no one, anything except to love one another for he who loves another has fulfilled the law for the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not covet. And if there's any other commandment are all summed up in this saying: namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time in your word, Lord. And I ask as we go into our groups that we would dig in deeper, we would be blessed and encouraged by one another in this topic. And Lord, we just ask if there is anyone, Lord, that needs forgiveness, that they would come and get prayer, that they would know that your grace, your mercy is just so much beyond what we could even describe. And it's always there for us. So we thank you for that, Lord. And I ask that you would bless this food to our bodies. We thank you for the women that have brought it. And just continue to bless the rest of our morning In Jesus' name, amen.